Welcome to VC for Stupid Idiots. We are your idiots, Marianne, Michelle, and Francesco from NomadicMinds.Capital. Here, we interview the best investors on the planet to learn their secrets and tell them a lot of bad jokes. Then, we use their knowledge to invest in emerging market startups. Because this is the most effective way to lift people out of poverty and make outstanding returns. If you want to see what we are investing in this week, please join us at nomadicminds.capital. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of VCs for Stupid Idiots where we will be your stupid idiots again tonight and we have a special star with us here, Prosper. Prosper, welcome to our podcast and may you start with a little introduction about yourself, please. Sure, absolutely. So my name is Prosper. I was born in Nigeria, actually spent, you know, half my life there. And then I moved to the States, went to study computer science, then started building companies, had three exits. And uh, now I'm spending a lot of my time investing in startups, invest in the public markets as well, and real estate, a lot of different things. And uh, I also spend some time at Google, which is my, my day job right now, trying to create larger impact on a bigger stage. Fantastic. And can you share with, with us what you are currently investing in? Oof, a lot. So I do startup mostly, but I also do real estate. Uh, I hold some crypto um, and I also invest in the public markets. So I, I, I bought a whole bunch when the, the markets went belly up last year. And I did more than 6x uh, from March to the end of the year in, in my investments there. So uh, it was a good opportunity. Wow, really sounds good. So um, as an investor, you probably have seen like millions of decks, <laughs> pitch decks coming past you. So what would you say is the common mistake that uh, entrepreneurs make um, when pitching their decks to investors? like yourself the 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 one that irks me the most is projections i hate hate projections oh I my god watch projection as well. <laughs> <laughs> guys, take it off take it off please it's it's like it's like why why don't you just tell me about what you've accomplished tell me about your numbers your traction your cohort analysis things like that i'd much rather see that even if the numbers are small I want to see that you're building, um, you know, you're building. That's it. <laughs> Versus your dream about numbers in the <laughs> Makes sense to actually see you. you. You know, like when when Michelle and I can come to like a deck this way, it literally gets so angry. So like they do like, I don't know, alpha million revenue in 2017, 600,000 2018, 2019 right. is one million. 2020, they do, they do like 1 million point two, and then 2022, literally the day after, that's right, they do 5 million, and then the uh, day yep. again, they do 25 million. So, you guys should jump in right now, like, I that's right, right now, because right after you jump in, it's gonna explode. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what their projections are saying, right? So, um, Prosper. So you do invest a lot in Nigeria. Can you tell us, like, obviously, like, you know, the market, you've been living out, you, you mentioned half of your life there. Uh, what are, What is the big potential about Nigeria? So Nigeria is fraught with a lot of infrastructure problems right now. So, you know, so there are lots of opportunities for entrepreneurs to solve those problems, right? Something as simple as, you know, um, internet connectivity being reliable. There's just been an exit just yesterday from, you know, main one getting acquired uh, for, I think, over $300 million dollars. Um, fintech has been pretty big uh, as well. Communications has been huge for businesses being able to communicate to their customers. Telecom, telecom, like new age telecom, similar to Twilio and others are really big spaces right now. So there's there's a lot of room there for, for growth and the population is rabid for technology. They're ready for it. So that's a good place to invest right now. So I'm, I'm an angel that is just starting now. Okay. No, I, I, I'm not, I know you're an angel, but yeah. anyway, let's suppose I'm an angel starting now. Would you recommend me to have a look at those markets? Do you think they are like, there's a, a lot of returns to be made there? And how would you recommend me to approach those markets? Oof. Um, as an angel starting out, I don't know that I would start in the in these markets right now. Pairing up with an experienced investors, if you are going to invest in emerging markets, is a good idea. So, you know, uh, myself, for example, I paired up with a, a good friend of mine who has a fund. She's built a series of funds already. She was an investor in Paystack when it... Uh, you know, when it got acquired. So I paired up with her. I said, hey, look, send me some of your deals that you really like, that you have room in. And of course, her best deals are not going to have any room. <laughs> But then the next layer, she's going to be able to, you know, let me in. And then I'll look at the deal. If I like it, I'll go in. So that's a good strategy typically is to align yourself with an experienced, you know, institutional who has, you know, has money to do some research get some deal flow going and send some of it your way. What is the, the, the biggest piece of advice that you would give founders today, except for removing their projections? Yeah, remove your projections. Do your work, work on your business. Spend most of your time working on your business. A lot of founders get started and then the problem gets hard and then they go look for another problem to solve in the same business, right? They'll like come up with new things to work on in the business. But really, actually, the the most time you can spend on your business, like the more time you can spend on your business, understanding your customer, understanding what they need, spend that time versus living in your own head and thinking, hey, What do I think my customers want versus what do they actually want, right? So you have to talk to your customers, learn from them, and pivot based on the experience that you're having with your customers, what you're learning, not based on what you think is easier or harder to solve. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So uh, my question is, what is the the coldest letter of the alphabet? Jesus Christ, this must be a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually B because it's between A C. So uh, got it. <laughs> yeah, so they're gonna get worse. Uh, yeah. So can you can you tell me like okay so. What I would love to do, if you don't mind, Prosper, is like we get a deal that you have done that is actually quite successful and we look close into it so to understand why it was successful at the end. Instead of, because, you know, we live in a, we're working in asset cluster, 80% fail, 15% going on, and then 5% boom. So show me, like, name someone that you invest in also some times ago that is doing great. Oh, geez, I have a range. Probably the most relevant one, like I, I did the uh, Twilio. I was an early investor in a company that got acquired by Twilio, which is really good. But I'll talk about like a mid-level success, like a front row. Front row is probably the most relevant for your audience. How do you meet the, you meet the front row guys? Yeah, so he came through a co-investor of mine. So someone who I work with who sends me deals, uh, who himself is an institutional investor. Okay. So a co an institutional investor told me, Prosper, have a look at this. And what do you like about the deal? So I like that it was in EdTech, right? So EdTech is a booming space in, in the US, but also outside of the US, I mean, it's just begging to be disrupted. And the founder was working on the problem. And I noticed that he was spending a lot of time in schools, like literally going and sitting in school with teachers and students and trying to figure out how they work, like how they're teaching kids and what their problems are. And so he would spend so much time doing that and then go back and come up with an idea of how to tweak the product and so on. So that was really impressive to me. And so I spent more time with him. I looked at his numbers. He never talked about any projections, <laughs> but he did spend a lot of time really understanding his metrics. Like his, he was a SaaS business and he, you know, spent a lot of time just really understanding how to optimize his, his sales process, talking to and hiring the right people, things like that. So. So the level of focus that I saw on him, the customer focus was really impressive. And what about like one thing that you thought back in time, okay, these front row guys, I don't know if they could do it because these things doesn't convince me. What was this thing? One of the things was they were focused on schools, selling to schools, which is typically pretty hard. You have to have a sophisticated approach where you're talking to school districts as opposed to going school by school and trying to make it right. So initially I thought, man, this is a space where I don't know that they'll be receptive to new technology. So that was a question. And also at the time he was looking to build out his technology team. He didn't have, you know, he had a tech founder, but he didn't have many engineers. So that also, but these are, these are minor problems that like, you know, as long as I understand that the entrepreneur is like a dynamic thinker, 
right? And they're able to reason from first principles and think about the problem in a way that allows them to eventually get to a solution. That's what I want to hear when, I, when I'm looking at how can the entrepreneur solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And what about, well, now I'm going to tell you like, I mean, let's see if you're going to be real here. So tell me about one story like the other way around. So that you thought, okay, this guy's going to make it because he's really focused or this girl is going to make it. And then you were completely off track. Yeah, so big, big advice for investors, never invest when you're just flush with cash, right? Like if you've had a big infusion, the next whatever, like six months, don't invest in anything at all because your your judgment is clouded by that infusion of cash and you're less able to make reasonable decisions, right? So that was my worst investment was... You know, a couple of investments I made early on when I had just sold my first company, I thought, hey, you know, this is a, I met a couple entrepreneurs who had some big, big talk. (laughs) They had a lot of big talk and uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't inquire enough. I didn't spend enough time thinking through their startup. I spent a lot of time talking to them and believing in their projections. Um... So there again, you know, they had a lot of good projections about partnerships they were going to make in the future, things they were going to do in the future, etc. Not much about what was happening in the moment and what's happened in the recent past. So after like two, three weeks of talking to them, I invested and the company went bust about a year later. So it was a good tuition lesson for me, you know, a good way for me to pay some tuition early on and learn. A, don't invest too soon after you get some money. And B, you know, be be inquiring. And of course, over time, I've learned what, you know, what not to do. And that was one of them. Fantastic. I, I have a question and um, I'm not sure if I'm going to state it correctly, but how, when, when you see someone presenting their pitch deck to you and they have projections on their pitch deck, and they do have, um, let's say, with these projection goes a few contracts, let's say from customers, big customers, big clients that they have lined up, but it's not 100% sure yet. When do you, from your side, when can you say that, hey, I can trust this projection and it might be a good investment or not? Or is it not possible to know at all? Yeah, the, the, the problem with projections is, is you're not spending enough time in the present. Right. So the second that the entrepreneur is spending that much time trying to convince me about what's happening in the future, I have to first understand what they're doing now, what they've shown in their execution they can do today. I'd, I'd rather have you analyze your cohorts, your customer cohorts, and tell me what you've learned about them versus what your projection you're, you're going to make. Now, you can also tell me what partnerships you're working on right and or what new deals you're working on as long as you know you're you're harnessing something you've already done in the past right so let's say you've closed a deal with pepsi and that went well and now you're working on a deal with coca-cola or 10 coca-colas well now i have a reason to believe that because you've done the pepsi one 
You can probably also do the Coca-Cola one. But if you're just out of the blue, just talking about all the big things you can do, um, even skip the numbers. Just tell me, you know, if I understand, like if you can tell me about your future, but I have to first understand your present. And from there, you can lead me to your future. You can't do the second without the first. Absolutely. So like when you when you speak with a founder and they obviously they have this before you you reinvest, they have a massive pipeline. They are about to close a lot of deals and they have, they're going to be great. But I want you to show me what were your projection last year and where you're standing this year. So I'll trust how, how far I can trust your projection. If you keep telling, if I keep telling me, yeah, I've got 20 people in pipeline, so I can close 15 out of that. I'm sure 100% is not true because I know that maybe in your industry, the average conventional rate is 10%. So yeah, your projection is really bad. And I don't want to invest in you. So like the projection is actually really bad because it showed me that I kind of trust it. Yeah. In fact, my favorite founders are the founders who email their their investors maybe once a quarter, or even if it's half, you know once every six months. They say, "Here's what we've done since we last spoke. Here's our plans for the next half or next quarter." And then next quarter, they'll come back and say, "Here's how we did against our plan." See, if you have that kind of discipline. Then you're gonna you're gonna do well because it's not just about the investor, it's about your business, right? It's how how disciplined you are about looking at your business, being honest to yourself, and doing what you say you're gonna do. That's integrity. Exactly. And then like what people actually what a lot of founders don't get is like being so trying to trying to take the piece of people, trying to take the piece of investors, like inflate numbers and stuff is actually like counterproductive so whenever like someone comes with a thing that they're gonna blow up the market they're gonna disrupt this and stuff that and they haven't done in the past you know you cannot trust the person and it's everything you would say just just no yeah yeah got it great so actually time is over we should want to do the five side chart yeah Yes, yeah. absolutely. Great. So Prosper, um, I want to ask you three super fast questions and I would like you to reply with either one sentence or one word. You ready? Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So which country can we expect massive growth from in terms of startups? Yeah, I would say probably Nigeria, if you're looking at emerging markets, uh, yeah. fintech there, a lot of... Yeah, you're buying. Yeah, <laughs> besides the US, of course, is dope. <laughs> yes. And uh, what would you say is the hottest industry right now? Uh, without question, if, if you're looking in the US, sustainable technology, robotics, AI... If you're looking outside the US, it's probably not that. It's probably more likely fintech. Yeah, fintech is probably the biggest one outside of the US. Great. And then um, last question for tonight. What piece of advice would you give other investors to be successful in their investments? So the biggest one would probably be align with someone who, who's got some experience, get some of their deal flow. And another one would be Look for, especially if you're investing in emerging markets, look for 
models that have worked in developed markets, right? So, you know, if someone's building a Twilio and you can say, oh yeah, look, Twilio's already worked, great. And there's a reason for them to localize it and that'll work, awesome. But then also beware of, of companies that are too early for their time in a given market, right? Because very often you can invest, but it's not quite the right timing. Yes. And then just one last thing. Why are leopards never good at playing hide and seek? I'm guessing you're about to tell me. <laughs> because they always get spotted. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for being on our podcast, on our podcast Prosper. It was great to have you. Yeah, the last thing. So, Prosper, why dinosaurs? Why they cannot? Uh, why they cannot sing? Why can't they sing? My, yeah, my sons told that. me that they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, guys, whatever, just shut up. Yeah, great. Thank you, Prosper, so much for this, and thanks to all our listeners, all three of you, you guys, keep doing this. Thank you so much, and yeah, very nice. Thank you.